Hey everybody. Good evening. Yes, I know. Here we are to kick off another week. To kick off another year. On January 2nd, 2024. And now that the holidays are over, it's just a long, cold winter. That's all. So I've got a little Cinderella on tonight. As I do every year, there are these little these little things that live inside of me that I have to, um, I can't ignore. First show back from the holiday, uh, the holiday stretch has got to be Cinderella, Long Cold Winter. Won't be the last time you hear this song either. Uh, I think that we might be getting a little bit of snow this weekend. That's what they say. That would be nice because all we have to look forward to now is just uh, surprise holidays, snow days. But Saturday morning, it's going to be, they said it's going to be maybe snow a little bit on Saturday night. But Saturday morning, we're going to have ourselves a really nice uh, go of it over here at the studio. A lot of this is getting changed. We're talking about upgrade time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and there's going to be there's going to be pieces that are not going to be able to be totally added for another couple of weeks. But technologically, we're going to be able to get a whole new, I don't know, a leg up. We're going to have a leg up. I'm going to be really, really missing this back here. Everything, everything behind me, it's just so old. It's so obsolete. But it lights up like Christmas every time you speak. So we're going to find ways to supplement that. Find ways to supplement that in the coming weeks, and I'm just happy to have you all along for the ride, as usual. So we got Black Conservative Patriot, our good buddy James, is on with us tonight, so we'll be talking a little bit about how he has been doing, and we're also going to be talking a little bit about the things that he's paying attention to the most. I think that that is going to be, uh, it'll be political. We'll be talking a little bit about the the setting stage for 2024 uh, in that uh, that election sense, he covers a lot of um, Trump news and what's going on. Of course, today was another one of the dangling of the uh, the Epstein the Epstein treat on the string for everybody, which is just you can see where this is going. It's going to be uh, you know t- ten thousand more mentions of Bill Clinton being the, the the violent scumbag that we know he is, and a little bonus of Donald Trump. That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. That's what the whole Maxwell trial was about as well. It's about rushing her in and out of a courtroom as quickly as possible and being able to drag Trump's through the uh, Trump's name through the mud uh, just as a bonus. Why? Listen... They got to try to draw some kind of loose connections and, and, and whatever the hell it is. Remember, always remember that Fusion GPS tried this. Before they went all in on Putin and Russia and all that stuff, they tried to make there be some kind of a untoward, salacious connection between Donald Trump and, and Jeffrey Epstein outside of the, uh, the ride that he hitched on the plane from Florida to New York. Because uh, everything outside of that is... Um, you know, being seen in social settings, uh, uh, in, in this, at the same parties and shit like that. And then, and then there was the Mar-a-Lago bannings, and then there was uh, everything else. Is you just all you gotta do is refer to Brad Edwards, attorney Brad Edwards, who's representing some of Epstein's victims. Go ahead, but they don't care about that. 
This is all about psychological prepping. And as soon as it comes, it will go. So we'll see. Um, but we'll see. Uh, there's a lot more just on a social aspect going on that I think is really interesting. Um, at least for today. We saw that the... You, I, you knew it was coming that, that uh, the, the Marxist president of Harvard, the gay woman... Not not, she probably is gay. Her last name is Gay. The woman whose last name is Gay. Uh, she resigned today. You knew that was coming too. It was just all oh, just so much. It's just better I leave. Just better I leave. And that's when all the bottom feeders will go out there and and push the ball across the goal line for them because you know that's where it's going. Oh, she was only harassed because she was black. No, she was given the position because she was black. Um, the harassment, and it's not just about plagiarism, ladies and gentlemen. This this started with this started with a really really bad exchange uh, in a congressional hearing on what free speech is is uh, allowed and disallowed and everything in between on Harvard campus. Of course, we know we know um, who the most protected always are. We know how the stack is. We know who is, uh, which groups are encouraged to be the punching bags for the world. We, we know the whole damn thing there. So that's why it's really, you can't really take sides on any of this. Because there's either self-loathing assholes on one side of, uh, of the fight. And then there are just vicious, true, uh, ethnocentric, um-minded uh, freaks on the other side. There's, there's no real good allies to have. You're all on your own. Actually, we're all here. Many of us are here. That's good enough, right? Uh, here's another example for you. I'll do all my all my plugs later on. We don't have that much time until James shows up. In fact, I might not even go to a, an intro tonight. I'm just going to roll with it. I'm in, a, I'm, in, I'm in some kind of a mood right now. Listen to this. Here's the Chicago mayor, Brandon Johnson, accusing Texas Governor Greg Abbott of being a confederate for flooding the city with illegal immigrants. Well, I mean, I have my opinion about Greg Abbott and this ridiculous plan uh, to export tens of thousands of people by way of buses, planes, trains, uh, a thousand miles inward into the interior of the country instead of a couple of miles south on the other side of the national border. That would have been great. And I don't know why some people are still just so giddy um, getting drunk off of what seems to be salty sound bites from Democrat mayors from northern cities as if uh, Chicago and New York are on our, our islands or something like that. That once any number of these tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are fed up with living in tents in Central Park in the middle of the winter that they're not going to go to places like Tennessee or Kentucky or or right back down to Texas. It's just, it's ridiculous to me. But here is uh, Brandon Johnson, who's a ridiculous man, another puppet on a string, who took this to even more moronic places. He Listen to what he says here. He says, we cannot have a governor who decides that he's going to cling to the vestiges of Jefferson Davis. That's right, ladies and gents. Vestiges of Jefferson Davis. I want you, I want you to hear it come out of his mouth. What is very clear is that not only are we providing 
uh, mental health related services as well as vaccinations and health screenings and providing um, me medical health care for these families when they arrive the moment they get off those buses. We're not seeing that same treatment at the border. In other words, there's no health screenings, no vaccinations. That process at the border is absolutely raggedy and, and reckless, but we cannot have a governor who decides that he's going to uh, cling to the vestiges of Jefferson Davis when we should be uh, pulling to the hopes and aspirations that were left by Frederick Douglass. We have to have... <laughs> First of all, what does that have to do with uh, uh, Chinese illegal immigrants... Uh, what does it have? What does it have to do with anything? Number one, but he's a stu He's an incredibly stupid man. Incredibly stupid man. You know, if, if this made sense to you, if you found yourself nodding in agreement with this, the vestiges of Jefferson Davis. First of all, which vestige was it his left pinky finger or something like that? A lock of hair? Do you understand that? You want to say vestiges of an old reality? A, a, a past reality, a paradigm, an idea, a vestige of a person is a body part. Kids, please don't try. If you're going to, I have, I have, I would never discourage people from trying to expand their vocabulary and try new words out in conversation. But it is so cringe watching people to try new words for the first time on television. Okay, please don't do it. But uh, I, can, I can just hear people on Dun online at Dunkin' Donuts somewhere, you know, repeating this and thinking that they're like, they're, they're really cutting to the core of something. Mm, yeah. No, it's the, it's the vestiges of Jefferson Davis. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Exactly what I was thinking. It's a vestige. Definitely. Definitely a vestige. So, now, like I said, our border states are being run by what I believe to be our you know, sellouts to a little bit of a lesser degree, but sellouts nonetheless. And um, I, I just don't, uh, I don't know what to tell people on that front anymore uh, either. New York and Chicago are not islands. But back to the moron in Chicago, um, I, would, I would love to ask him when Jefferson Davis overwhelmed northern cities with slaves. And also to complain that on top of dumping slaves into northern cities from the south, that they showed up unvaccinated, that they weren't they weren't first given a battery of tests and exams and uh, psychological care, medical care, all that stuff. Well, I I can't believe how out of all the things that he could have pulled up, Jefferson Davis was the thing that he went to. It actually would have been genius if Jefferson Davis did that. Can you imagine? But the real issue here, ladies and gentlemen, is that there is not even a loose connection to our history anymore. It is largely lost for the average person, which is why an idiot like this can go out there and say that. And most people will not even really understand why it's so obscene. The Rockefellers have won that battle. Education is lost. History is just a pile of incongruent, contradictory statements that can be pulled out and used, dusted off and used in a variety of nonsensical ways by Marxist thugs with room temperature IQ. That's all history is. Okay? And it used to just be saying, well, Hitler. That's all you have to say. That was history up until a few years ago. Up until 2021, all you had to say was, you know, uh, Hitler did the same thing. Because, you know, Hitler was bad. And if anything bad happens, Hitler probably did it too. 
That's how that logic goes. But now, because everything needs to support the insurrection story that they uh, they created, as long as you make vague references to Confederacy, and of course they you know Jefferson Davis, Jefferson Davis, Confederacy, insurrection, boom, you're home. Use it. I mean, it's just it happens. Um, it happens that quickly. It's like watching a newly formed brain try like hell to keep up and then Brandon Johnson again calls for reparations listen to this one he calls for reparations to reduce violent crime (laughs) what Uh, Democrat I'm not going to say Democratic New York Post they're not Democratic people that's uh, that's an adjective Democrat Chicago mayor Brandon Johnson insisted to CNN that funding for reparations in his new budget will help get to the root of the city's record violent crime epidemic. While speaking to network anchor Poppy Harlow on CNN this morning, Wednesday, uh, Johnson acknowledged the high crime rate in Chicago and declared that the full force of government is required to solve it, including the city throwing $500,000 at reparation programs. Reparation programs. So we won't, we don't even have to go into what kind of an admission that is right there. But my friends, you know, um, saying that we have to cough up money so that maybe other people will stop harming us and committing crimes, that's called extortion. That's extortion right there. And again, they're the most racist people on the planet, but they don't, they don't care because it's obvious they hate themselves most of all. It's obvious. But um, it's easier to play the game if you know that your pockets are getting lined more than others. Um, And not to mention Chicago, another city with nearly 100 years of one single-party ruling. That's what you have. All right, let's get to the root of it all, shall we? We're going to get into a... I'll just jump into the deep end with James. He'll be here in just a second. Actually, he's here right now. He's here right now. Oh, should we play the intro? Fine. It's the first of the year. Let's get into the intro, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. All right, Tony. It's uh, January 1st, 2024. What do you think? It's going to be a good year for everyone. I think so. I agree. We got to make it good. As long as we have our health, that's the main thing. You're right. That's all you have to look for, your good health. Good health and happiness with the family. That's it. I agree. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, hey. Hey, hey. James, do you hear the music? I Do I hear the music? Yes. I, I do not hear the music. What? Oh. I thought for sure that the system sounds went through anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the other side of the intro here, and we are joined for with the uh, with a uh, very ve- with the first guest of the year and a very very close friend of us all. It is Black Conservative Patriot James. How are you? Welcome back to the show. Welcome to the new year. Thanks, Frank. I appreciate uh, you having me, and I feel honored to be the first one in on the show in 2024. What well, an honor. Well, hey, what an honor. What an honor to actually make it here this far, to actually cross it over and, and get to the new year and, and be given a fresh set of downs, as they say. But it's, um, you know, let me ask you first. I, I mean, when I look at this, when you, this is very, very hard uh, to, to watch, but I think that people are getting more and more fed up and they're not being shut up by things anymore. The call for reparations. Uh, the protection uh, that was put around this this Claudine Gay from Harvard until the last minute, where they just couldn't protect anymore. Uh, the the, the uh, here, here's another one for you. Since we're it's all about race on the new year, people are about twenty percent responsible for their own health, while structural racism is the biggest factor for everything else. Says a guest on MSNBC. Did you know, uh, James, that only twenty percent of your health is is your responsibility because the other 80 percent was caused by me uh yes yeah, so well first of all you're a hitler um <laughs> because, even because you know hitler spoke to people and because you're speaking to me that that hitler spoke to people as well you know hitler had an audience therefore you know parlaying off of what you were saying just a little bit ago uh you're a hitler god damn that makes me a hitler as well doesn't it it's 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 uh, bad that you're even cohorting with me right now yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I, I've am i been a black conservative since before my 19th birthday. Um, so I've been a coon my entire, uh, uh, you know, a, a conservative openly opposing the new world order from all, all of my adult life. Uh, yeah, the whole reparations thing is absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? Here's the thing. As as a black man, as a black American who, as an American who is black, it's insulting. It's insulting that... <clears throat> that as a black person or black people in America, we are we are to the point where nothing is our fault and we are victims of everything, which means that unlike white people, I guess, according to true liberals on the left side, we truly are children. We truly are children. Uh, black people can act a fool at the airports, beating up people and like that. Oh, it's systemic racism. And now our health Oh, that's systemic racism as well, because, you know, uh, a vaccine or COVID or a flu uh, or driving too fast or, you know, working in a coal mine is going to zero in on a person of color and make them a victim. And white people don't ever get cancer. Uh, White people don't ever, uh, you know, get COVID or uh, get backlashes or side effects uh, from certain injections. So yeah, the, the the whole thing is ridiculous. The the thing is, I'm surprised that that they've been able to play this race card for so long. I I really I really have to question anybody in 2023 who buys that excuse. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because my my biggest question for you is that even though it's this is typical that we would get. Um, 
we would get sprayed in the face by all of this um, this this type of stuff just to start off a new year. Uh, I, I'm feel it, like I said before, it is very very tired, and I think that so many more people are less inclined to shut up about it anymore. Um, it, it's just because it's not nobody is fighting for a for a place where uh, ethnic minorities are being held. Nobody's fighting for that. And I, I think that it's just, um, it's starting to become a lot more evident that there is no reasoning with those who are taking this, the, creating this narrative and unleashing it on the population for a very specific reason, that there's no walking them back, that they're out there on a suicide mission. On a, I wouldn't even say suicide. It's a demolition they they're out there. They're demolitionists, and they're they're doing this for a very re, uh, a very um, specific purpose. So I find that there's less and less people who are willing to to roll over anymore. Just like I was very very encouraged by how people were acting out against um, uh, all of these corporate sponsors of the so-called Pride Month back last June. Last June was the worst attempt that they had at the pandering. Nobody. That I, I, it was so many people were just pushing back against it now, making a joke out of it, and you can see that they're they're just it's turning into a fist fight because there's no more room left for um, for manipulation and emotional subversion and all that stuff. We've had enough. Yeah, what we're seeing too, Frank, is the a transition, right? So they've kind of beat the I don't say they beat the dead horse yet uh, of race, but they've got other things they can put in the mix, right? So that they've got the whole uh, alphabet Q plus agenda, um, you know, making them victims. And of course, the climate agenda. And then they, you know, they transform those things. I mean, you have a Voltron where you you put this whole thing together. It's like, oh, but all the people who are coming in illegally is because of they are climate migrant black women trans victims from MS-13. So because, you know, they're climate migrants coming in because you know, it, it, because once again, the climate targets people of color and of the LGBTQ plus community. So we must let them in. I mean, it's obviously ridiculous, but, you know, they, they, they have this Voltron thing. And of course, they can take apart the different uh, uh, Voltron pieces. And uh, one minute it could be, you know, the uh, the trans are the, uh, the victim of transphobia and blacks and whatever. So at least they've been smart enough uh, to add a couple more victim groups uh, because I think everyone's getting tired of just blacks being uh, victims. You know, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's all about equity. It's not fair that just us blacks were victims. It's about time that other people were victims as well. Well, you know, wait, wait. You know, James, and for those not familiar who are just tuning in, this is uh, this is the my tongue firmly in my cheek. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, don't, don't, don't explain the joke, James. It's every <laughs> people who know know. But okay. but here's what I was going to say. I was going to say uh, on that on that specific point you just put there. I want people to uh, I want people individuals to wake up. It's not my job to do it. I just I just do my show and um, I, I hope that that message that these conversations kind of like proliferate and that they inspire people in their lives to make headway with those who ha had been stuck in a certain way of thinking. But you were talking about helplessness before. 
When you think about what kind of messaging that they're giving people, the inferiority complex is that they want people from all stripe, from all different cuts of the of the uh, you know the oppression pie to go and adopt the inferiority complex and the and the the abject dependency that they want people to adopt as part of their personality and just accepting that this is as much as they're going to be able to manifest in their life. It, it really just goes to show that whatever reality we are building right now, those who are claiming this status that are saying that only 20% of my health is my own responsibility, they are not being set up for positions of power and prominence in the future. They are more expendable than anybody else. The real power brokers, are, you, you think anybody's going to hand real power over to people who actually believe that only 20% of their lives are their responsibility? I mean, it's so many people are being set up for absolute disaster. And I just hope that some of them can really wake up before it hits. I really do. Because I, yeah, they might be on the they might be on the side with all of the uh, the fun toys and the the psychological weapons and and uh, and the central banks and, and and the big media companies on their side right now. But but th that's just right now. You know, people who, who think this way about them, see them w themselves in that kind of a helpless way, are so expendable, and they don't see themselves that way, which is very crazy. They think that they're special, and they're at, their, they're at the cutting edge of some really legitimate social movement. It's, it's scary. Well, one, one way you're going to reach people, and, th and this is something that free thinkers, logical thinkers, common sense thinkers, conservatives and libertarians think they always try to push back against liberal dogma with logic right and I, I totally get this right i'm an economist i'm trained uh, professionally and uh, educationally to think logically right uh, but you don't move people you definitely don't move people from one side to the other with logic everyone thinks on the right especially people who've gone from the left to the right, that they've had some kind of awakening like, oh my gosh, you know, this this is this doesn't logically make sense. The the Democrats have been lying to us for years in inner cities and nothing's changed and they've only gotten worse. And they think they've come to some sort of epiphany or they've come to some sort of revelation because of logic. And I, I really push back against that. Most of the time it's because something emotionally has triggered them to see things logically. So how are we going to reach people to reject this whole victimization thing is to play on and rightfully so i'm not saying in a, in a manipulative propaganda marxist leftist fascist kind of way i'm saying this in a human i love you kind of way is to play on people's sense of pride like are you really going to be part of a party and a movement that says that you are too stupid to manage your own health and your own living are you really going to be part of a party and a, a dogma that says that black people are too stupid to get into schools and that the that the schools need to lower the standards are you really going to buy into a university that has a black female president that was too stupid to write her own papers and formulate her own original thoughts and plagiarized everything and had to be elevated isn't that insulting to you as a black person, as a woman, as a BIPOC, as a fill in the blank, that they must pander to you because 
they think you're too stupid to do it on your own. That's what that's what triggered me as an 18 year old on the campus of UC Berkeley to reject all of this uh, wanting to save the world. Uh, quite honestly, white savior liberalism that I was getting on on the UC campus. I was like, wait a minute, you think I'm inferior to you. And that makes you feel better for yourself. You're not really out to help me and my people. You're out to make yourself feel better because you're small by making me a victim or an orphan or a project that you can work on. It was emotional for me first. And that is how we are going to move people from the left to the right or from the left to the center or from insanity to sanity is to let them get to the underlying emotion of all this. That if you are a victim, you are too stupid, you are too inferior to whatever it is, the white male, the patriarchy, to do it on your own. And that, and most people will find that insulting. I didn't know that, that, that. So that was part of your origin story there on, on UC Berkeley. That's when you started putting it together because of that? Yeah, yeah let, I'll tell you the story in 90 seconds. Okay. I'm on Sproul Plaza at UC Berkeley. That's where all, like, that's where all the fun stuff happens. That's where back in the day uh, when I was in, in UC Berkeley in the 90s, that's when you would have people um it was a free speech place so you'd have preachers you'd have philosophers uh you'd have the ecuadorian um tribesmen talking about and the brazilians talking about the save the rainforest that's also where you would have people recruiting you for student um organizations uh that's where people were telling you about you know if they're in the greek system that's where everything was happening right you'd eat lunch and it was a freaking circus i mean i was in there in the 90s when they had the whole uh the whole nudist movement again so sounds great yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, if you if you want to sit back and watch second-year-old, excuse me, uh, Berkeley hippies, um, you know, w- women who do not believe in any sort of what some of us would prefer as far as personal grooming, walking yeah. around no, in birthday that. suits, that, that was a thing. Okay. So I'm sitting there, and this beautiful co-ed comes up to me, blonde girl, bombshell, beautiful girl, comes up to me and says, hey, uh, what's your name? I go, James. She goes, oh, do you go here? Are you a student? Yeah, I'm a student here. Oh, that's so great. That's so great they let you in because you're black. That's so great they let you to UC Berkeley because you're black. Well, she said that it was those exact things. That, that, those are her, ex- her exact words. Now, mind you, uh, just fill in the blank for people that don't know me personally, I'm not in a disadvantaged black guy. I was born in Harlem, New York City. My mom worked for Merrill Lynch. She said, I want a better life for my child. So we moved to Los Angeles. Um, and then we moved to San Diego and I grew up in a predominantly white suburban area. Okay. So like I didn't come from a disadvantaged school. I graduated to the top of my class of a predominantly white, uh, high school. And this was kind of, I'm not saying this before the quote and stuff like that, but there was like, I, I don't feel like the teachers ever gave me a, a, a slack because I was black and, di- and didn't grade me the same. You know, I, I was competing with my peers who were white and that those are the standards so i didn't go to uc berkeley graduating from some inner city school with you know oh my gosh you know his act and sat scores were low and all, all this stuff no I, I went i went to school with white kids and i competed with white kids i got into uc berkeley coming from a white high school so mm-hmm. for her to say that was absolutely ridiculous it was uh it was a huge assumption it was insulting and of course you know this wasn't just my my ego as a student there who i thought i was just as prepared as all my other counterparts uh, but she didn't see me as one of her comrades. And on top of that, she was beautiful. So that also was a freaking kick in the nards to the uh, the male ego as yeah. well. So that was kind of like that was an eye opener where I was already log- log- logically coming to the conclusion that 
I don't think this Marxist thing they're trying to shove down my throat is the way to go. I think the Constitution and limited government is the way to go. But when she hit me w- with that one, and I, I, it just radiated through my whole body and my whole my whole being that, wow, she really thinks I'm inferior. I am not inferior. Screw you. And that was the beginning of my rejection of liberalism and uh, you know the whole social liberalism, uh, 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 you know, white savior uh, complex. Yeah. And uh, and that's like, like, wait a minute, all the people that I'm cool with, I'm like, are Republicans. They're like they like they like James because I'm I'm competing with them in school and I'm just as smart as them and they invite me to their you're in college they don't invite you to study groups because you know everyone's trying to at UC Berkeley everyone's trying to compete like it, it is dog eat dog I mean they weed you out the first year at Cal so like if you're invited to be part of all these study groups it's because you're probably smart they weren't asking people to be part of them to fill a quota when it comes to the student thing and I'm realizing oh my gosh all these people that are inviting me to study with them that appreciate my my talents my intellect and what have you. These people are not liberal. Yeah, and, and now and now we're seeing, and it's pro- it probably was. It's not that this is all new. Like the DEI stuff is not new. Um, uh, it, it maybe I think that it has taken on different forms. It's kind of morphed into something that was. It's a little bit more of a tip of the spear. But we know that all this kind of you know left wing outlook has been brewing for generations now. We know that uh, many of the weathermen have become uh, college professors and and adjuncts and all that other stuff and now we see that in places like harvard uh these token these token nominees are are being made president now i don't know if somebody like claudia gay so insulting frank not to cut you off but that is so insulting you know that says that says to people who are actually racist see oh no and that's what it is that's what i'm saying everything that does not help us at all i know so much like it, it the damage the, the damage yep. of 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 the president of harvard being a token being a, a a diversity hire that is nowhere even near qualified is not just insulting it's damaging to the cause of black empowerment well it's not only that uh james but what happened this week and I wasn't really. Uh, th- I, there was only. There's only so much you can have taken from the whole thing. It was not uh, very important to me to cover it piece by piece. But now that she has resigned, it's just really interesting to see. Uh, really how it's all being covered now like for example I saw Politico had that headline Republicans claim victory for Harvard president's resignation and it's just like oh is it really about Republicans claiming victory or is it that Democrats leftists ran out of ways to protect a Marxist college president a token if there ever was one with a penchant for plagiarism like it's literally got to the point where she I mean, not only was she given the job, but allowed to just do do it. Maybe she was uh, uh, smart enough to write her own paper. The problem is that there's no reason to try, especially when you have this much uh, protection around you. And 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 this is what was coming on. This is what was bubbling up inside of me on New Year's Eve, James. I um, it's incredible to me. Um, I don't know if you were watching any of the uh, the ball drops over in, in, in New York, but I, I, at 12 midnight on the East Coast on ABC. I, I, I know you're going to say it because I watched your live stream this morning. You saw it. They cut to a interracial gay couple kissing. Is, oh, yes. I remember saying that on the show this morning. Absolutely. And I'm saying to myself, it's incredible that anyone still has the balls to act 
like the left has like one single legitimate civil rights related cause out there when the first nationally televised images of 2024 was of an interracial gay couple tongue kissing for the camera on ABC as soon as the ball dropped and it it and it, it it completely uh, re- relates to everything else we're talking about here because it's a militant political power move. It's a complete power move. At Harvard, it's a power move. Uh, ABC, it's a power move. Whatever the hell it is, because to be able to script something like that is very, very... I mean, that the entire support of your network is behind you. You have to ask yourself, how do people not see that it is impossible to be completely worshipped protected and overrepresented in every way, shape, or form, but at the same time be oppressed. It's not possible. Unless, of course, you consider it, if you consider being coddled and being therefore weaponized, which is what this is all is, people are being weaponized, their identities are being weaponized. Um, if you consider being coddled and weaponized like a form of Stockholm Syndrome, I can see that. It's almost like an undetectable form of oppression that they can't even really diagnose for themselves. But everything else is ridiculous. There is no oppression here. Uh, there, there is no, there is no oppression. Uh, but you know, it's, it's. Uh, they are beating this dead horse. They're riding this thing as long as they can. But once again, they now have uh, illegal immigrants, which are now victims of. You know, Greg Abbott and the uh, right wing alter alt extre- uh, mag extremists. Uh, of course, if you were like, if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't chop your genitals off uh, and you're happy being a cisgender male, uh, then you're transphobic. So they, they've like, you know, they they've got they've got their they've got their plan B, C, D, and they're just going to ride this race thing to the end. And of course, it's the old divide and conquer, right? At the end, it doesn't matter. But if you have people even thinking about race. If you have people even thinking about unity, then of course the focus is is gets diverted from the true enemies, and then you know uh, and 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 if if you if you don't if you allow them to infight Americans to infight over stupid things like their uh, their gender identity and their race and their ethnicity and what language they speak at their home or you know whatever then we're not focused on our true opponents. So it, it's just an old, it's just a, what we're seeing here is a playing out of an old play from the playbook of divide and conquer. Yeah. It, it really is that simple. Well, speaking of diversions and uh, diversions from true enemies, uh, there is definitely a, a door to be opened in the Jeffrey Epstein story that leads us to the true enemies and true reality of how the world works. But, uh, but for now, we're having a carrot dangled again in front of our heads, in front of our faces, and I just want to—I just want to know how you are reading the whole um, uh, this this forthcoming Epstein. I don't know if it's been really released. I've seen people uh, summarizing what I guess some someone has seen, but how yeah, are you? Did, how are yeah, you reading I, what, it? What I've done—I did a whole uh, episode on this on my podcast, uh, maybe last week, the week before last. And what it is is there's a, a lot of names we do know because they've already been leaked by the press or because you know people have gone in corroborated like you know this person uh is mentioned doing this and we know from this unredacted portion so a lot of people have done like that they've sleuthed it and they've done uh their their whole thing piecing it together but there there should there there should still be a lot of names and a lot of things that that we don't know and who's getting a lot of attention is 
Bill Clinton. And I think that's kind of, uh, I think it's kind of a distraction. Here's why. Because we already know that Bill Clinton was chummy with uh, Epstein. He's already said, like, yeah, I, you know, I went, uh, we did stuff for the Clinton. Uh, I, I, I never knew what he was up to and what have you. So he's never denied it. And everyone who really could do any damage, I'm sure, has been, you know, has been Hillaryed already. You know, they, 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 they've already that they've already been taken care of. So Clinton does not appear to be nervous about it. So and then the judge, um, the judge at the last minute goes, OK, well, I, I'll extend a little bit more time for anyone to petition who doesn't want their name unsealed. So uh, she was doing great. And then they got to her as well. So at the end, I'm just I'm just going to wait to the actual thing to see uh, what is uh, what's really happening. What I find to be interesting, though, is that Epstein is even being talked about. And it almost seems like, are they going to set up Epstein to be something that they're going to try to entangle Trump in or other people in? Yes. So the reason why I'm interested in the whole Epstein story even coming out again right now is because what are they, what's their ulterior motive? What are they really going to do with the Epstein story? How are they really going to use that? And I say they, I mean the powers that be, the the, the uniparty establishment folks in D.C. and beyond. Yeah, I, I think that's what, uh, that that'll definitely be a, a bigger part of it. It, it has to be. I mean, my predictions was that it was going to get, we're going to get Clinton over and over again because at that point you're not giving anything up, and and that's the whole. That's the best part about some of the, the 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 more pathetic, uh, Democrat sleuths on Twitter who will say things like, "Well, if Bill Clinton flew with Epstein and committed crimes and found guilty." Uh, he should go to spend the rest of his days in jail. But if Donald Trump does, then he does too, right? So they, so first of all, they're delirious and delusional in thinking that this is something that Trump did, which if you, if you knew anything, like I said in the opening, um, and I know you've covered it in the past there too, James, but uh, a part of the initial plan for the dossier that they put together with Fusion GPS was to try to get Trump linked to Epstein and use that to uh to, to take him out on the campaign trail and to to cause some issues they couldn't do it and then of course there's, there's the fact that you know trump was the only one that ever volunteered information about epstein that ended up being very helpful and had no connections back to uh any of the victims or anything like that that's that's uh um, by way of brad edwards years ago in 2009 so it really is just about what i think what we got during the maxwell trial the maxwell trial was about using covid to get Ghislaine Maxwell in and out of the courtroom in record time with very little revealed and also just happened to have Trump's name conveniently dropped a handful of times. That's just really what it is. Uh, I, I don't know. No, nothing like this is going to be actually unveiled without it serving their ways and their purposes in some kind of a little indirect way either. Because like you were saying before, opening up this Opening up this can of worms is the the can that takes the whole damn system down, and that's not going to happen. No, it's not. It's not. And you know, it's just a damaging. <clears throat> it's a distraction, right? At the end, no one's going to, no one's going to pay any. None of these these uh, these Johns are going to pay for anything, even if a few are exposed. It's going to be they'll get rid of Jelaine Maxwell. They'll they'll Epstein her. Uh, the statute of limitations will come in. Everything all of a sudden, you know, they're going after Trump with 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 pure lies and hearsay. But at the end of the day, it'll all be hearsay 
and circumstantial and so we can't go after any of these people most of these people aren't running for office they're not going to their their reputations may take a hit but it's not going to affect them in any way it's not going to affect their wealth it's not going to affect them running for office so it's just going to be a big distraction um but my interest in the story is because epstein is an interesting uh just an interesting news thing it's just why is it coming out right beginning of the year what uh what else might they be planning to distract us from? So it, it's when when they dangle the carrot over here, you know, like uh, like 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 a good uh, secret service man. I'm not looking at the person who shot. I'm looking where the shot's coming from. Right, right. Hey, hey. You know, um, I think this is why a lot of people have they started checking out the last couple of years. Um, not that they are giving up on life or anything like that. I think that I think that a lot of this. I, I think that how confusing and convoluted so much is is enough to really give people a hard lesson in how things are run. That it's about confusing the population to make sure that no really good, solid decisions can be made by the average person, and that um, and that everything else is swallowed up in the margin of chaos that they create on every front. So it's forced a lot of people to look inward. And to really concentrate on what they can do to make life at home better, to strengthen their relationships, uh, both on earth and in the spiritual world. Uh, and then, of course, just preparing for anything that, that may just be unexpectedly thrown our way. We don't have a crystal ball. We know that the mani- that maniacs run. That I would say we know that co- what I would say and remind people of is that competing groups of maniacs are vying for control over the world. I I find it harder and harder to really believe that it is all one big, very, very well coordinated thing. I think that there's plenty of uh, plenty of intentions that have been stated, but I do believe that there is competing factions of maniacs that we are just you know the the proverbial monkeys in the middle, uh, just just trying to just trying to stay alive here and not get stomped out. And um, so I'm wondering now, uh, what are you looking at? As far as 2024 election goes, uh, I know that I know that you're a big fan of Donald Trump, and that you probably uh, follow his updates a lot. I think that he's uh, starting to lay it all out now, and I, I heard that he has a very ambitious plan to capture not just battleground states, but a lot of blue states, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's going after. As far as what President Trump is is going to be doing, the biggest thing is we need to just get this uh, Supreme Court decision about the section three of the 14th amendment so that'll go away i anticipate that that'll be coming down the, the pike in the next several weeks uh and then that'll just put to rest all of those uh, that entire attempt to take him off the ballot um <clears throat> there have been several attempts i'm sure there'll be more attempts to take him off the planet not just the ballot uh but president trump is going you know pretty much balls to the walls now uh, to the wall now because what he's uh what, what he announced uh, with over at breitbart uh, is that now he's making a, a hard play, uh, sorry, excuse me, a heavy play for New York, New Jersey, Virginia, Minnesota, and New Mexico. I, so I uh, wish I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew what the what goes into making that declaration. I have so little faith in being able to capture some red states these days. I don't. I really. I wish I knew what went into that declaration. Well, you know, in places like New York. I mean, there's so much negativity against uh, against Biden. You know, and he, and he says he, he does admit it's a long shot that, of course, he's not going to put as much attention there in this heavy play as he will in places like, you know, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin or or, or the, those um, 
not just swing states, but just the, where he's already made inroads. Mm. But he's going, he's going for it. I mean, just think about it. If he just turns a few, a few of those, one of those, uh, that'd be huge. It, it's uh, you know, people forget we have an electoral college system, and every single one of those points on the board are going to uh, to help, especially in some of those places that are not swing states. And just think, we know how they, you know, what they did in 2020 to rig in those swing states. I almost wish he hadn't announced it, but I guess it's going to be pretty obvious he's making a heavy play. And, and what, what heavy play defines that is that he's going to be present in those places. He will be having rallies. He will be um, he will be having a presence. Not as much in other places, but a presence where you would expect him just not even to make an effort. He's going to be making an effort. So this may be one of those things where he's going to throw so many. Uh, he's he's going to be concentrating in so many states. Where do they concentrate on? You know, pulling their shenanigans like they did in 2020. Mm. Okay. Well, there. Well, let me ask you this then. Um, you're talking about shenanigans. Uh, I, when when do they have the the Supreme Court? ready to to rule on the 14th amendment nonsense uh they they i don't know the exact date um but it's it appears to be imminent that it's going to be something they're going to consider fairly quickly they don't come back until i believe thursday Mm -hmm. um no actually no actually it's monday i think it's next monday they come back so um we'll see what happens we'll see that but it's it's supposed to be something they take up in the in the next week or so because of the deadlines and of course they play shenanigans Colorado already said um, or actually Maine the Maine Secretary of State um, she already said that uh, even if it, even if they they say he has to be on the ballot there may not be enough time to get the ballots printed in time for the primary yeah it's just cutting it close never mind yeah. Yeah. Never mind. I, I you know the, the, as far as the secretaries of state and all that I saw um, of course, over the weekend, because they, they, that is the way that it all goes. You do everything you can. You deploy every bad actress out there to go and do whatever the hell you want and to try to make things happen that goes uh, against any kind of democratic, truly, uh, uh, you know, and as using the, the democratic adjective correctly, any kind of democratic value there is. To go against it all to try to make sure that you are only allowing approved uh, candidates, approved candidates in there. I was watching some of the the headlines flow in about death threats. Everybody's gasping because somebody, uh, the the, the woman in Maine and the woman in Colorado supposedly had death threats written to them. And listen, James, I'm not one for making death threats. I think that violence is the lowest, most pathetic form of expression. But how typical is it for these Bolshevik uh, usurpers to sick every psycho actress they own in the media and in the government and in law enforcement onto more than half of the country? Not even just the, the candidates they may or may not want to put out there to represent them, but the people themselves, the way that they're denigrated, the way that they're targeted, censored, all of that stuff, and then shriek in horror when someone writes them a nasty email. I, I've, I can't take this uh, it seriously anymore. And the fact that it's, <laughs> it's just January 2nd is the reason why we need to keep things light and fluffy for uh, as long as we can. It's going to get suffocating, I believe. Yeah, well, with the um, <clears throat> the Iowa caucuses coming up, New Hampshire, things are going to start getting heated uh, here very quickly. As uh, you know, as the, the Nikki Haley is uh, the, the preferred person 
of the warmongering industrial complex. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I think we have a reprieve for a few days before the uh, the news cycle gets uh, hot and heavy, and that's why they're hitting us with these uh, these BS Bolshevik um, stories of oh no, you know, and and half the time are those really threats? I mean, are they really threats? You know, it's a, <clears throat> yeah, just have a CIA guy call in and send some fake letter, and then you can play on that narrative. Or someone just said, I think you're an idiot. And you don't deserve to be there. Uh-oh, I don't deserve to be in this thing. That's a death threat. They're saying they're going to take me out because I don't deserve to be there. You notice that very often we just hear that these are death threats, but we don't actually get any proof or any details of these supposed death threats. So I don't think anyone on either side takes that seriously, especially as you pointed out when you have stark contrast of, you know, half of America are domestic terrorists uh, being hunted down by Christopher Ray and his brown shirt Stasi uh, army. Well, you know, there, there is this other thing here that constantly is happening. We're, we, it, it plays into what we were talking about with the, the socioeconomic and uh, racial aspect and educational aspect of the, the opening of tonight's show. And then there is the immigration if you want to call it that, the open border aspect um, and the where they try to uh, hype up xenophobia by introducing real threats. We're introducing real threats, but pretending that they're nothing, knowing that anybody who is not on the take is going to see what's happening, whether it be unchecked migration, they're going to see that as an existential threat. They're going to see that as an existential threat, not only uh, economically, but also to the safety of neighborhoods and the stability of cities and towns all over the place. Uh, when it comes to uh, race and everything, uh, race relations, they know that by stoking race tension, uh, racial tensions and, uh, and issues in the street and, and just bad behavior all over the place, it is going to invoke responses in people that are literally as as basic as fight or flight and they wanted that they wanted to they wanted to to get trump to act violent or well, to to use any kind of violent deterrence at the southern border in any of those caravans that they set up in the middle of that 20 uh that uh, that that 2018 uh midterm they wanted him to use violent deterrence outside of the the White House in 2020 when uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter were out there. They the, the fact that he only I mean they they clutched their pearls over the fact that he used tear gas to disperse the crowds out there to approve that. They clutched their pearls for two weeks about that, but the fact that he only used tear gas they didn't want they wanted people dead. So this is the whole thing here that we got to keep remembering. I, I I mean I I wouldn't be surprised if there is one or two credible threats that are being levied against these secretaries of state. But it, it, it's not that they aren't out there provoking people into action. What they're doing, and, and the way that they, the, the woman from uh, Maine is ridiculous, because she's going on a little bit of a press tour, as they all do. She was talking to somebody on MSNBC or wherever, and she was going into all of the reasons, all the state law, all the statutes and stuff, the reasons why she had to do what she felt compelled to do what she did about taking Trump's name off the ballot. Uh, and, and it's incredible because even though she's providing all of the, the statutory reasons why she did what she did, the, the level of sophistication behind the process only just shows the the, the commitment that they, they all have in going the extra mile to make sure that they can do something like this to take them off. They're all committing themselves 
to such sophisticated processes to go ahead and uh, and 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 make sure that their names are in the in the record books, in the history books, whatever the hell history is being written right now. So they're constantly, constantly antagonizing. So I don't I don't uh, I don't believe I don't uh, doubt that maybe one or two of these threats are are uh, are real, but it's just it's always been part of that play. They want people to act badly, and they have to put a catalyst out there first. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you know, it's it's uh, it's no conspiracy theory that there are federal operatives. Uh, they were at January sixth, and they could be behind those credible threats. And yeah, of course, there there might be some guy, you know, out in Houston that fought in uh, in, in in World War Two, and excuse me, let's <clears throat> not go that far back. He he fought in Iraq, and he doesn't like the way this country is going, and and he wrote a a, a death threat to the Secretary of State of Maine uh, and to some of the judges over in Colorado, you know, a- as Trump and his people get thousands a month, right? Exactly. So that, 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 go un- that go unreported. So, yeah, they, they, they amp up the minority. Uh, you know, that's what they've been doing the whole time. That's what they've been doing the uh, the last few years. And 0.1% of people are trans, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, just take the focus uh, and uh, put the focus on something that is a, that is a distraction, but yeah, these secretaries of state—they're all playing. They're narcissists. I mean, <clears throat> I'm sorry. There's some people I just look at them. I'm calling them as sociopaths. This main secretary of state, look in her eyes. Uh, Jenna Griswold over in Colorado. That secretary of state. Uh, what's her name from Michigan? Uh, these people. Um, you know, I'm not God. I, I'm, I'm a God-fearing Christian man, uh, but some of these people have no light. And they have, uh, I won't say they have no soul, uh, but they are way past any sort of human feeling. Uh, they, they, they look like uh, the transhumans that they want to build, look like they've already built them into some of these people. When you look at them, they just, they're just playing their part. They're happy as narcissists to have their few moments of fame. And this is what they signed up for. Yeah. This is what they were recruited for. This is what they were groomed and brought up uh, for. This is what George Soros paid for. They, they're getting exactly what they paid for, and they're playing the role, they're playing their part, and they're happy to do it. Yeah, this, they're, they're running a script, and you can definitely tell that there is, it just lacks that spark, but they keep going with it. Hey, let me ask you this. Um, uh, just off off topic and just getting into other things as we start coming up on the end of our talk here, um, we have a couple, maybe about four or five minutes before I have to go uh, on intermission break here, James, but uh, real quick, Jim Cramer. Uh, Jim Cramer, the the uh, the the economic uh, angel of death, yeah, he's the angel of death. Really, he said that uh, Bitcoin cannot be killed. Now, I know a lot of people who invest heavily in crypto and Bitcoin that they that would agree. But is the fact that the angel of death, the angel of financial death, uh, Jim Cramer, uh, making this statement, does is that troublesome at all? At all, just from a jinx standpoint. No, no, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, it's no secret. I'm, I'm, I'm heavily on Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Litecoin and some other, uh, cryptos and, uh, they're not all created equal, but no, it's, uh, there, there's some exciting things. Look, people can talk about, uh, what, what, what they want uh, about it, but all the naysayers, when it went down, let me just, uh, since you're asking me about it, let's see what the uh, the price is around forty five thousand today. 
and just a few, literally it's a few weeks ago, you could buy it for less than 20000 So uh, <clears throat> this is why James BCP is smiling. See, now, I don't know the trends. I don't know the trends. And, and, and to see something like that, to see a 100% increase in just a couple of weeks from 20-something to 40-something, that's really that's really crazy but i from an outsider standpoint and um i have a little bit of crypto that would be considered pocket change and that's really just what some people prefer donate uh, you know contributing to the show in crypto so i set up a few wallets uh so i i'm able to monitor it on a very very micro level and w- I know from an outside standpoint that uh, maybe two two Januarys ago we're looking at sixty thousand plus uh, Bitcoin, and then da- losing two thirds of its value down to twenty thousand or less, and then it kicks. But I mean, I, seeing that volatility just makes my nuts shrivel up. I gotta say, yeah, it's 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 not for the faint of heart. But when you, <clears throat> January third, it was at sixteen thousand six hundred and seventy. A year later you would have tripled your money. So, you know, but it's just because it's an unknown, Frank. Um, yeah. And it's not, I'm not, I don't think it's as complicated as a lot of people want to complicate the issue because if you make things complicated, then people, you know, you seem smarter and then people shy away from it. But, but the, uh, from 2008, uh, look at 2008, 2009, 2010, real estate values compared to right now, um, you know, a bit. A, a home was five hundred thousand, and then it sold for one fifty in two thousand ten, and now it's worth seven hundred uh, today. And people will be—I don't really hear anybody saying, "Oh my gosh, real estate's risky," you know, um, or the stock market's had a great rally, but uh, you know, it's, it, it things ebb and flow, things fall and rise, uh, but on a long enough horizon. And once again, crypto is not for everybody. I'm playing the very long game with crypto. Um, on a long enough horizon. Real estate, stock market, gold, crypto. Not all cryptos created equal. Let's let's just keep it to Ethereum and to uh, Bitcoin. You won't lose. Well, James, will you? Uh, do you have a couple more minutes to give us on the other side of the intermission? Uh, yeah, I have, a, I, have, I have a few moments, absolutely. Okay, great. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hold uh, James over to the other side of the intermission. I would love for you to join us over on pill.net and quite frankly.tv. Uh, we're going to get a little bit personal. I want to ask him some, you know, New Year's flow kind of questions, and it came in from some of the audience. I kind of formulated some ideas for a little bit of an off-topic uh, conversation and chat as we get into the second hour. So there's going to be more of BCP. We're going to read your Super Chats from Rockfin and from Rumble and from, quite frankly, SuperChat.com and all your gold pills. We're going to get all of that and uh, and then, of course, take your calls and get some other things in. So, my uh, my good friends, let's go and do that. Join us at Pill.net or, quite frankly, .tv. It would, yeah, to point to, all, <laughs> point to all the corners there, James. Thank you. And, uh, and it's, nothing's like live. But... Afterwards, it'll be on podcasts and Rumble and Rockfin and Twitter and BitChute and all that stuff. And I and I hope that you just stay in touch with the show the best you can. And once we hit all of our funding goals, uh, hopefully we'll be able to open the two-hour show back up everywhere again. Become a sponsor on Subscribestar, ladies and gents. All the only those of you who aren't already sponsors. We are fifty percent away from being able to make it workable again as we expand our staff and all of our business goals for 24 we will be back in just a minute we will see you on the other side 
The rest of the show is available exclusively at pilled.net. Follow the link in the description of the episode. Get signed up. It's that easy. Or head on over to quitefrankly.tv. Just press play. No paywalls, no censorship, no strings attached. So head on over, quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole and pilled.net. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Quite so everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, and uh, it's the other side of the other side of the intermission. We are still here with our good buddy James, Black Conservative Patriot James. Thank you for sticking uh, sticking by and uh, hanging on. My pleasure. Oh, so you hear me? Good, great, wonderful. I just don't know. Sometimes the te- the uh, Sometimes the technology is still so finicky, touch and go. But here's what I want to ask you, James, because especially yeah. since we're, you, we're into a new year and new outlook and so many new, hopefully, um, great routines. But um, I want to ask you about flow. And what I mean about flow is when you know where you are in a flow. I was talking about this the other night. I was feeling it in uh, in a different, diff- a couple of different ways. There are nights when I'm behind the desk over here, and I'm just conducting the show, and I am in such a zone 
where I cannot be pulled out. I'm taking calls. Things are just flowing. I'm finding the words. Everything is just there that I lose track of time and everything is perfect. I find that in other places in my life as well. Um, I can find that in just knocking off things during the day on a Saturday, going to the deli, grabbing my things. I find flow when I'm driving a car where every Every motion of the hand, it flows perfectly into the turn signal, into the reverse. It, it feels feels amazing. I want to know where you feel flow the most often in your life. <clears throat> That's a question I wasn't expecting to be asked. As of right now, I most feel in flow with, I would have to say, with my relationship with my wife. We have been married, we're in a few months, we'll have our 27th anniversary. We got married uh, in our early 20s. And so it's, uh, we've grown up together essentially. And there's just days where, and there are several days, it seems like days on end, weeks on end, where it just, everything just that we need to do in our household as a couple, uh, you know, we've got, uh, I've got aged, my, my in-laws are older than my parents, like by a generation. So we, we've got just all these little things that we, that we have to that we have to do for them and take care of and their estates and things like that. And, you know, they have property in the states in two countries and just all these little little things. But it seems like when my when my wife is zigging, I'm zagging. Yeah. And it, it all just seems to work. And we sit at the end of the day and we've you know, I've worked on everything I need to work on. Uh, little, I literally run four businesses at the same time. And my wife takes care of the household and I jump in and do things, but we we almost don't even need to communicate. Like verbally, it just, we're in a flow where it just uh, works. And and, in, and I, go to the, I go to bed happy every single night, uh, no matter what the challenges are, uh, just because being in that state of flow in my marriage and with my children as well, it, it, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the day. It doesn't matter what happens of the week, the month, or the year. As long as that flow is good, I'm good. Uh, dude, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Lauren, those, those joint flows as well. Yeah, Lauren and I really get locked in like that too, especially on the weekends with, um, and, and of course, when we weren't, when we weren't uh, juggling the joyous juggle of parenthood, when you know we didn't have to you know make sure that Aurora was eating or something like that, and it was really just Lauren and I and whatever we wanted to do inside the apartment and stuff. It is uh, I know exactly what you're talking about there, and that's great. And then and then of course it's everything else. It's it's a whole confluence of things in your life, and I love when you find it. And when you're out of it, oh man, when you're it's, out, it's, it's so hard. <clears throat> when you're yeah. in the flow, one thing I've taught, one thing I learned from John C. Maxwell uh, in one of my favorite books is called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And he talks about the law of the big mo, momentum. When you're in that momentum, when you're in that flow, never ride that lightning as long as you can. Mm. <clears throat> give up sleep, give up eating, give up bowel movements, um, give up date night, give up everything, especially when it comes to being productive obviously the most important thing is your relationship with your family and god but i'm talking about like in a business sense as well in a productive sense uh you know if you have a if you have a job and you're at work and you're just in the flow uh this is when this is when the top producers um you know i was in the very competitive world of banking but this is where the top producers don't take a lunch uh turn off their phone close their office uh tell their assistants to hold all their calls 
because they are just being productive uh, and, and, and whatever that is. And that is when champions, whether out on the, the ball court, whether out on the field, whether in the office, whether out in the field in a, in, in a business sense, that's when you just you just let go, let them go, and you let the Mustangs run. And being in a, in a state of flow is such a good feeling. You can do no wrong. Your synapses are firing at the right order at the right time. And it's funny that you would bring up <clears throat> you would bring up driving because I actually had a flow state today. Um, I have a very very fast exotic sports car. Nice. And today I had to run an errand, and there was traffic. And I was just, I was just in a state where I was just enjoying myself, not being crazy, not being, not being rude or being at all like belligerent or dangerous or like that. But I was going a little bit faster than the usual crowd, and I and I was just flowing. I was just flowing through that traffic, <clears throat> and some guy in a in a BMW M3 thought he could uh, keep up with me, and he couldn't. And I saw him way back there. Try, it just it seems stupid but just any little thing that you're in flow feels good yeah feels good and when and when you're there you fight so hard to get in flow you should not do anything to get out of it so if anyone has read the the, the book the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership i highly recommend it on a business sense on a personal sense that is the book <clears throat> that when i read that and i made the goal to make at least a hundred thousand dollars a year and this is back in 1999 I read that book and that has been that's put me on the path where minimum that's what I make every year. And that and that that book and that whole thing about the 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 law of the big mo, call it flow, call it being in that state. Um Tony Robbins calls I think being in, in in a state. When you're there, find how to get in that state and then stay there as long as you can. And that makes all that makes all the difference. It compresses time frames. It makes you more efficient. What would take you two days can now take you seven hours because you're in that flow. Yep. You don't have distractions. You're firing on all cylinders. You're very, very efficient. I'm an economist. Economist. I love efficiency. So flow is a very important state to get in. Learn how. Learn what it is, what it feels like, how to maximize it, how to stay in it, and how to get into it. The 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 biggest challenge I think humans have is learning how to get into that state. But that's something that's worth mastering, and it makes all the difference. Yeah, see, I'm glad I asked you. I'm really glad I asked you that. That asked you asked you that question because it's just one of those things where I found myself in that flow um, over the weekend. Oh, you know where I found I, I I felt it because I really wasn't working that hard over the weekend. I was I'm always giving myself notes, but I also wanted to be able to just relax a little bit more, and I knew how I would be picking up work when the the week really kicked off but i was in flow going to the deli i went to the deli on new year's eve because i wanted to pick up some cold cuts i wanted to go across the street to the bakery to get some rolls i wanted to get some uh, you know some some cookies things like that because i knew we were having you know parents over for for new year's eve and things um and i just wanted to make sure that everything was taken care of there was such a sense of flow that was purely just food and it was all about food too i was on the phone i i called my, my mother called me or i called her on the way back from the deli and uh she asked me if i had something i asked her if she had you know the condiments because i forgot to grab mustard or whatever the hell and um and i just realized that when we hung up the phone and just a perfect short clear communication with my mother about things 
I said, wow, it felt so damn good. I had everything I needed. I'm gonna, I'm going home. Everything is nice. Everything's in place. I knew Lauren was cleaning and preparing some things. I knew Aurora was in, in bed. She was, she was taking a midday nap. It was such an awesome state of flow. The family flow, like you said, I think is the most, is that definitely the most, uh, um, the most satisfying. There is a thrill, there's a roller coaster thrill kind of a, a flow when it comes to professional stuff. And that's why I love that so much because especially in our, from our standpoint, I mean, there's, there's so much excitement that's going on around us. So to be in the, in the sweet spot there, I get you, but, um, I'm glad I got those answers out of you, my friend. And I'm sure that it's going, I hope it's going to inspire some calls after you get off. Is there anything you want to leave people with? Do you have any really special releases coming up next? I know that, uh, the majority of your, of your, uh, viewership and listenership now is in podcast. So tell everybody, uh, where to find you and, uh, what is in store for BCP in 24. Uh, so leave any with, leave anything, leave everyone with, I could do this. My voice is giving out, uh, Frank, so bear with me here, but, uh, optimism and we're going to have a hell of a ride in 2024. It's going to be wonky. They're going to be, I don't know, black swan events, maybe false flags, maybe just to some crazy stuff out of left field. There are some desperate factions that have, they feel like they have their back against the wall and they're gone through plan b through l and k and now they're getting to mnop and who knows what that's going to look like but in the end um i think we're going to i i, I we're gonna we're gonna get our, our 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 nation back we're gonna get some sort of normalcy uh so that's the positivity i just want to leave everyone with but it's not going to come easy and we have to do our part do not lose track of your local government please folks this is one thing I've been talking about a lot. Our local government, they, they've been able to take over this country because we have been asleep at the wheel and just think that because we're checking off someone that's an independent or a Republican um, or even a Democrat, that they have, uh, that they represent us. That's not the case. Let's make sure that our local municipalities and cities and counties and, and states uh, uh, or, or parishes, whatever the case may be, that, that, that we know who is representing us? I think that that's a key thing because as things get more difficult, we're 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 going to. I think we're going to see, not 2024, but in the future, I do believe we're going to start seeing more of state powers. People really is going to. We're, we're really going to have a federalist system where people are going to be like, I want to live in Texas because it's not California. I want to live in California because it's not Florida, whatever the case may be. So I think people. I think we really need to pay attention at, at the state level and the local level more than we have been i think it's i think it's very imperative for the future of this country um they, you can find me at uh the bcppodcast.com i'm on spotify and everything um i will be in i haven't announced this yet but i will be announcing this um i will be um i don't have a funnel to let people know where i'm at so our our, our growth has been stagnant so i'm going to have a very very heavy private uh, premise i'm doing a 90-day run on rumble to see if that will, a lot of people just don't know that I'm out there. That that you know, almost a million people on, on YouTube. watching me on YouTube. I know. So I'm just trying. I'm trying to funnel everyone. That the my new funnel for the next 90 days, the first quarter, uh, looking as a businessman. Q1 is going to be about growing my Rumble presence. So people find me on Rumble. It's the same name as always, Black Conservative Patriot. Um, there will be four to five to six shows a week on Rumble now, as opposed to one or two on Rumble. 
um, for the next, you know, so just look for live shows. You're gonna be doing live shows. I'll be doing live shows again. Nice. And I'm doing a lot of things uh, that I used to do on, on YouTube uh, to just let people know, hey, BCP hasn't gone anywhere. I'm just not on YouTube. So, um, so that's uh, so that's where you can find me. And uh, I met General Flynn a couple weeks ago and uh, had the the greatest boost. He saw me standing next to him. He grabbed me, hugged me, and said, "I love your show." Um, agreed to be on. I met a lot of other people uh, that have agreed to be on my show that are heavy hitters. So um, probably the next several weeks, I'm going to go with my format, but I will start having guests on my show and do things that are very different. So I'm uh, I'm excited. We got a lot of a lot of stuff uh, happening. People just don't want to make it easy. Just find me on Rumble or find me on any of your podcasts. The show is called the BCP Podcast, and the channel name on every platform is Black Conservative Patriot. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for helping us kick off the new year. And I can't wait to have you back, my friend. All the best to you in all of your continued endeavors. Thank you. Gracias. Obrigado. Hey, send my best to your wife, to all the kids. And, uh, and of course, I hope that your throat feels better when you wake up tomorrow. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, big hug, Lauren, Aurora, and uh, Abe, and everyone part of the uh, Quite Frankly podcast family. All right. Ciao, ciao, my friend. Ciao. Be well. All right. All right. So listen, here is where it all gets where you come in. Do you really want to talk about Claudine Gay today? I thought this was funny with the Babylon Bee, though. Take a look at this headline. Headline, Claudine Gay gives tearful resignation speech entitled Gettysburg Address. <laughs> She just can't stop plagiarizing. Which, of course, the, the fine focusing on the plagiarism is... Even that is just a very reductive, controlled way of, uh, of taking attention off of what a kind... What a, uh, a, uh, a crazy, Afrocentric Marxist nut she and so many others that have been injected into those positions really are. Because, you know, the president of Harvard is very very prestigious but is it really compared to uh you know what makes what makes those positions uh available anyway so that's funny but we're not going to talk about that i want to talk about your you and your flow state i want to know about that professional flow i'll tell you something about professional flow for me i am the most excited when i have a team of people I am most excited when I have teammates. I love teammates. And uh, I, I love having, and I love having those, those work friends be, those work friends being personal friends. I really enjoy that. People who get you, who understand, and that when you are communicating and delegating and you're just communicating well and you're working well and you, you can step away and you know that somewhere, somewhere else, somebody is doing something, you're doing your part. It is, it's, it's incredible. It's a really, it's an amazing thing. And when you're not in that flow, it's hell. It's a real hell, especially when working relationships fall apart. And um, it's a real, real hell. But... You get back into the flow somehow, and life goes on, and the seasons change, and that dead winter turns into a, uh, a, a crisp, blossoming spring, and that's when you take out the metal rake, and you just scrape away all the dead grass, and you aerate a little bit, and you throw down some 
fertilizer and some new seed. And then all of a sudden you're lush and you're back in the flow again. And you are just, uh, you're cutting the grass. And you're edging, well not edging, you're lining. <laughs> I'm edging. I'm edging the yard. I guess it is edging. But you know, gutter. Gutter mind. Even just food can be a flow. So where are you when you are in your flow stays? When you're you're cooking, cleaning, uh, is it at your job? I'll tell you. I'll tell you when it talks. Talking about um, professions that I am not a part of, but I can see myself inside and just having a ball bartending. Uh, once I, if I were to learn all of the all of the most popular cocktails, all of the, you know, the ingredients, and I have a couple of, couple of times with, I, I know I would be a damn good bartender after a while, and then I can see the flow behind a bar, because I've watched bartenders before. Lauren and I will go out to a, a nice dinner together, and we'll be waiting at the bar until our our uh, table is ready or something like that, and, and I love watching, especially in really, really, you know, high-class bar situations i love just watching the um the the uh, the bartenders work they're floating around man they're just floating there's no feet they're just floating one thing one bottle passes to the other hand one hand's doing something else there's a there's a pouring there's a shaking there's the one that one's down you're picking up another tool the boom 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 ice a shake a pour pass that one down it's nuts i love it i said that person's in it man I don't care what the hell it is. You're a landscaper. You're a barber. You are a uh, bartender. You are in the flow, and I love that. And I think that uh, we got to keep ourselves, find our way back into that flow for this year. You got to do it, because being out of it is hell. Being out of the flow is to be dragged, and getting dragged sucks. So, so that's all I got for you on that one. All right, let's see. Let's take a let's take a, uh, a a really quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to take your calls. Nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. It's the first show of the new year. Be here or be nowhere. Okay, folks. I'm David from Mall Security. Two gorillas went into the store here, and they devoured all the bananas. Then they started eating all the sour cream with Doritos. I confronted one of them and he threw the sour cream in my face. Uh, just be aware of your surroundings. Captain! Yeah, yeah? The music I had set aside was right there. Stupid dumbass. Stupid dummy. I'm cursing less in 2023 for the children. A few moments later. Fucking shut the fuck up, horse. Fucking. I know I'm on the fucking terror watch list. You can suck my. 
fuck you. And shut the fuck up. Suck my dick. Come for me, motherfuckers. No shit. Oh, no shit. Oh, fucking fucking unfuckable. We've seen that these motherfuckers don't give a fuck about us. Fucking these motherfuckers. Fucking pyramid scheme. Fucking fucking. What the fuck? Shut the fuck up. I don't give a fucking. But fuck you. I'm gonna hold my balls, talk my fucking. My sex life ain't never been better. Shut the up. King Bao, Joel, I can't wait to have you back on the show. You've been wonderful tonight, and uh, and thank you for everything, my man. Frank says, I'm going to watch my language this year. King Bao says, hold my beer. <laughs> I'm sorry, children. A little bar talk tonight. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be a good night. Still is. Always was. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, give me a call. It's 914-200-0269. Hey, what has caught your eye? It's open lines, which means uh, just just bring whatever the hell you want. Bring whatever the hell you want to the party. Uh, Just make sure that you can uh, put it into a nice, interesting nutshell. And it could either be a standalone comment or I can keep asking you questions if you have intrigued me. So call in and let's get the party started. And the other thing that you can call in on, if I can give you a topic, is the, your flow state. I want to know what gets you into your flow state. Where is it? It doesn't have to be professional. It could be personal. I love that James went right to uh, his home life with his wife. I understand that flow. I get that. I know many of you do, and uh, it's very, very relatable. It's a very satisfying feeling to just, to just uh, surge, man. All right, so nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. First call up is three one four. You're on the air in the new year. What is up? Hi, Frank. I, it looks like I'm in the flow. Just calling you. I just got through. That's it. You're here. You're here. So now, what are you getting? <laughs> now, what are you going to do with it? Thanks. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. Uh, you're talking about in the flow, and like I'm semi-retired. Like I'm 60 down in Florida. I moved here to Cocoa Beach, but I drive taxi every day, right? And uh, we just do uh, cruise line shifts to airports, airports to cruise lines, hotels, right? But anyway, when I'm in the flow, it's an intention to get them there safely, quick as possible. Even I'm going 90 miles an hour down the freeway, and as soon as I drop them off, all of a sudden somebody wants to be brought all the way back to the cruise line. And it's it's a beautiful thing, but it's an intention and a knowing that gets me in the flow. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, And I'm on board with everything you said. James is a great guest. I can't really say any more about that. Everybody knows. It's great. Thanks for the thanks for the guest. Thanks for the show. Frank. Well, thank you for the call. It's really wonderful to have you in. And I, man, I I love calls like that. 
I really do. And I, and I, I hope that you have a great rest of the week. And, uh, and Come down and have my pie with me one day. You're always welcome. You got it. We're, we'll welcome you and the family down Cocoa Beach, brother. You know, I, I have a, I know I have a friend, no, wait, wait, hold on, no, it's not, it's not Cocoa Beach. I have friends at Vero Beach, but, um, That's close. okay, yep. well, oh, oh, if it's close, then great, then I'll go, I'll say hello to them, and then you and I will have a Mai Tai. Yeah, we do a live podcast down here. Great. Right off the pier. <laughs> great, that'd be perfect. I would love to do that. I get a little work in too. You don't, don't, hey, I'm listen, don't, thre- don't threaten me with a good time. Okay. All right. There you go. You see that? A tropical cocktail and do a little talk radio. Do a little talk programming. Say, Frank, you want to work on vacation? Say, man, listen, sometimes pulling together a show, as you can see, if you watch any of my my coffee streams, it's very easy for me to sit back and just improvise and do whatever, to just let loose and to just wing it. Just talking about that today with uh, Mr. Gorbachev out there. Um... It's very easy for me to sit back, pour myself a cup of coffee, watch a chat room, just wing it, or even just take calls and wing it. If you have spent any time with me uh, during the the live streams on Sundays, both the private streams for just the sponsors or uh, whenever I put those live, I just take calls. Uh, how amazing was Christmas Eve? I'll keep going back to that one. Christmas Eve was just a wonderful evening. And all I did was tell Lauren, hey, uh, it's 10 to 12. I want to go live and just take some calls and be with people on uh, as the cr- clock strikes 12. And it was really, really incredible. Now, that is something that is something I can always, always do. Uh, but uh, there is a little bit of work that goes into what I do here right now. So, yeah, there are stressful days for the seven, you know, uh, during the week preparing for the seven o'clock show when something is just not working out and the format is presenting itself as a puzzle that needs to be rearranged and made sense and sometimes scrapped an hour or so before the show starts because I'm just so unsatisfied with it. I ask myself, would I watch this show? No. Oh, it sucks. It's a, it's a, it's a real struggle, but but getting here at night and just getting into it, oh man, that's just a whole other sen- that, that that's a whole other level of just satisfaction. So you tell me, I'm going to Cocoa Beach and I'm going to have a mai tai and uh, and do a a little bit of talk uh, radio outside on somebody's porch. Um, then yeah, give it to me. I just saw in the gilded chat, Milos put up an old meme. Of me, I had to have been maybe about a year or so ago, because I think we still had Discord, and we were in Discord, and I had set up the impersonation line. Man, I'll tell you, I wish that the that that the gilded call-in lines were as uh, as um, reliable as the dis as uh, Discord, because those lines were just key. That those impersonation lines, I want to do that again. I can just set it up with my Skype line. You call in tonight, the impersonation line is so-and-so, and whoever calls up, I'm just going to say, you're on the air, and uh, and you have to tell me, you know, you just have to act as the person you're trying to be, and we see who the hell you are. And, of course, the meme is that the impersonator that called in is a mime, so that there's nobody on the other end talking to me. Oh, the impersonation line. And just... 
damn Discord to hell. Damn them all to hell. Let's see. What is this? Uh, 814, you're on the air. Then we'll get to your super chats. 814, go ahead. Hey, Frank. How you doing? You were to... Oh, <laughs> actually, not half bad right now. Good. Um, You were asking about flow things. Yes. Well, I found... I, I work in light commercial in, uh, construction. And... I get people that I, some people I've learned to work with and some people I'm trying to teach to work with. And there is a certain, you know, you got to, there's a give and take. And me being a 30 year journeyman, it's like <sighs> some people just don't get it. Some others do. And it, so but what's the your flow thing? What's your the flow, flow thing kicks in, and if you get the right person that works with you, I can go all day and not think about anything. Well, well go because it, I know. Wait, wait, wait! I understand working alongside of somebody and have a, having a uh, you know a, a compadre at work to 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 really uh, work off of. You guys are equally skilled, or you complement each other. I understand that. My question is, what exactly are you doing all day? Are you a mechanic? What what is it? Um, I'm construction. It's uh. Metal studs, drywall, insulation, ceilings. Uh, that I do everything from the footers to the roof. Okay, so you love you love over the course of a day watching the interior of a building just come together. You're putting up the walls. You're you're seeing what was just a blank space actually have boundary and form now. Oh, I'm not just watching it. I'm doing it. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, my friend. And thank you for that. That's what I was looking for. Mm. Have a good night. You and all my best to Aurora. Oh, well, thank you. I'll pass that along. All the best to you. And keep doing the work that needs to be done. Because I can't put walls up. Maybe one day I'll have to. I've assisted with free, with uh, with uh, sheetrock. I've had to uh, I've had to be the, the, the guy who stands on the scaffolding and holds it up. Holds it up, and sometimes then your your shoulders start to burn so much that you just extend yourself, put your head up to the ceiling, and just use your head as well as a third point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. Call in whatever the hell you have to say. Um, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. To say now, let's get into some super chats. First one up on Rockfin is from Todd Fife. Todd Fife has says, "Great guest and happy New Year, Frank," and uh, very very generous of him over there. Todd is always holding it down on Rockfin. I really do. Uh, I really do appreciate him, and I think he knows that. So thank you, Todd. Over on Rumble, we had a couple of rants before the end of the uh, the first half. Nine two five Wild G says, "Happy freaking New Year." Thank you, sir. Tropical Rocket says, I think they hire dumb black people on purpose to make rednecks think that black people are dumb. Well, it's not just rednecks. It's not rednecks. This is what I'm talking about. They, they elevate the worst representation of any group. 
Now they are working. They are working uh, very, very hard in ruining uh, basic American education, so that children are disadvantaged. I mean, we were a country where even if you were poor, you can get yourself a good education. Uh, even if you were poor, you can get yourself a good education. And being poor did not mean uh, did not mean that you were coming from a family that lacked dignity. Okay, you, it, it, being poor didn't mean that you at a time didn't mean that you were missing church, that you didn't have cohesiveness in your in your community. You didn't have uh, as much as some other community did, and perhaps just by law. Just by rule, when you have economically disadvantaged communities, there's going to be some level of higher uh, criminal activity because people are cutting corners and resorting to things that uh, anybody else with better circumstances would never consider doing. That is just naturally what, what, what happens. It happens in black communities and white communities that are socioeconomically uh, deficient, poor. But uh, we are in the business now. We are seeing people in the business now who are constantly propelling to the top the worst representation of every group. And that is why it's so important to be out in the real world shaking hands and being in stores and and just and <coughs> it's so important to see what the real world is. That's not to say that many pockets of this country are being turned into no-go zones. That's not to say that they are doing an incredibly dangerous job of educating people into accepting at a very young age those inferiority complexes and blaming other people around them for whatever lot in life that they have at that moment. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) There's still just a little bit of a tickle left over from last week. Um, And... And, and you think about that, it's not just the, 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 the accepting of dependence, but it's also in accepting accepting who has done it to you. The assigned oppressor. When you are only 20% responsible for your health because 80% uh, is, is the result of systemic racism. Well, what does that mean? White people. That's, what does that mean? What is it? That's really what it means. That is taking hold. Uh, that's taking hold in a lot of children's lives. That's taking hold in a lot of children, because that is what is delivered every day by people who should not be teaching, by people who should not be allowed to have any kind of airtime. This is what's going on. So they are doing very, very, uh, very, very uh, good work in creating pockets of this country that are essentially no-go zones that are, uh, are are just really bad. But everything else is really just about falsely representing one group for the other group so that they can, again, go and make assumptions and carry those assumptions on through life with them. Now, uh, because of how bad things are, and because of how insidious the people who uh, run things are, uh, it, it is, it, it, I think it's incumbent upon all people just to have basic situational awareness and understand the psychological profile of of those who are working against us and how they want people to see us and how we want they want us to see people. You you just have to always. It's terrible that you have to keep that kind of a 
that kind of a program running in the back of your head to try to make snap decisions about what everybody's intentions in the room that you're standing in are, or should you go to certain neighborhoods at certain times of night knowing who you are? And what, I mean, it, it's 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 crazy. But I think it's a great um, it's a you know what Tropical Rocket says there in that little Rumble rant is uh, it it opens up a huge a huge topic of conversation. It is a war of perception, no doubt about it. But there is some real investment being made in crippling people uh, and in also giving them a person to hate for why they've been crippled, assigning them a person to hate. Dan Schumann says, my prediction for 2024, Frank will rock on bigger than ever. Dan, as I said before, that is a, a very, very wonderful boost to morale. And thank you. And I'm going to work my tail off. I really am. Uh, it's already started. It's starting in the weeks leading up to the new year. I've got a lot I want to do. And I really want to really recruit this audience in a way to help me propel it. Because, um, you know, we're doing necessary things right now. But uh, I want to do more. And I'm going to need the audience's help to do it. So become a sponsor. And for now... Uh, if you're a new, if you haven't sponsored the show before, become a sponsor on Subscribestar. If you're already a sponsor, that does not mean that you should move to Subscribestar. That's just moving around the same uh, support and and pledges and all that. That that does not do anything. Just stay where you, I'm talking about. People who have always said, you know, I like this show. I should really become a sponsor someday. This is the day to pledge. This is the year to pledge, and we can get to our goals pretty quick. And um, that would be wonderful. Let's go over to, uh, quite frankly, superchat.com. Thank you, Stostube, and thank you, Jay Brits, kicking it off in the way that I would have never expected, but I'm very grateful to see it happen. Thank you, guys and gals. Thank you, Jay. Hey, Frank and Frankly, it's happy 2024. Happiness to you as well. 914-200-0269, give me whatever you got. And until I get a caller... Because I just let a couple of go while I was reading this. I'm going to go through these gold pills. NJSF, Happy New Year, everyone. Sal, ready to rock in 2024 with Frank and the Franklies. Happy New Year. NJSF again. More facts. Mo facts is a nice podcast to d- dive deep into the race card. Beware. Some episodes are four hours. Mo facts. Oh, by the way, I got to give a... I got to give out the chapter assignments for book club. I got to do that tomorrow. Uh, you're essentially reading. If you're reading with us, it's going to be on Monday, G- uh, January 8th, next Monday at nine o'clock, right after the end of this show, we'll be getting together for the first, the first session of Lucifer's hammer. And you're reading from the opening page right up until you hit the chapter entitled may there's no numbered chapters. So like the, like the, um, the month may, so that's what we're doing. 402, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is uh, Jeff from the Midwest. Jeff from the Midwest. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, I just wanted to talk about, uh, you were talking about flow? Yeah. So I'm a uh, construction foreman, and one of the, when I'm in the flow is when I've made a plan that's worked on, I've worked on for months. And then you have your crew show up, and we just go through. And the general foreman's like, there's no way you're going to get this done. There's no way. 
And then at the end of the day, guess what? It's done. And they're just like, how did you do all this? And it's because you had a plan going in and you followed your plan. And, and I mean, and that right there, and, and tell me, it's almost. Are you checking? Are you checking boxes off lists the entire way through? Yes, exactly. It's, a, it's awesome. It feels great. Exactly, and it's it comes back to, uh, I guess my philosophy has always been the seven P's. You know, prior proper planning prevents piss poor productivity. Mm. That if you plan it properly, and you have your crew show up, you get into that flow to where it's exhilarating. You, you just see everything come together. Everything that you plan comes together, and you're in a euphoria that it, it, it all works, you know, that you did it, you know? Absolutely. No, absolutely. You do get it, and I uh, I really appreciate, uh, I appreciate the call. And this is what I'm talking about, whether you're in construction and you are going, setting out to achieve something that people believe is not... Is not possible in do in a, uh, in a in a time frame that that you've been given, or if you're behind a bar somewhere, or you're landscaping, whatever the hell it is, uh, you've got a job to do. And when you feel that flow and you got a plan, you attack it. Man, I mean, not, the satisfaction is is very hard to beat. Thank you for the call, sir. Thank you. Okay, I'm sure he said thank you back. So that's that's wonderful. Let's go uh, Braves Piano. Thank you so much for the cookies. 123SKG and Filter Dog. Thank you so much. Hey, let's take a call over here on the line. How you feeling over there? Hi, Frank. Hey. How are you? I'm doing all right. Who's this? This is Neo. N-E-Y-Y-O, Neo. Like the Matrix, but with two Ys. Neo. Neo? Yeah, you call me Neo. Anytime you get, anytime in Foxhole, you call me Neo, but... It's Neo. Okay, it's Neo. So okay, I'm going to remember that from now on. Now I, I remember. What's the full foxhole name? Because I remember Neo. Is Neo, N E Y Y O. With two Y. That's what it is. Gotcha. Yep. Perfect. Okay, so Neo, it's just you and I now. What is on your mind? Is it flow? Yes, it is. So and it's so funny you're talking about that today because it's like just getting back into work this week. Ugh. I totally know what you're saying. But what's really funny, I love hearing James talk about his marriage. Like 27 years? Are you kidding me? I just got married. I hope, I so hope that we can have that. I, I just, like, we literally came back from our honeymoon last week. We have no flow. I don't even know how, like, the garbage system works or, like, the <laughs> dishwasher. You know, I feel like I'm new at a job, you know? Like, when you don't know, like, all, like, the processes of stuff. So I know we'll get there. It'll be fine. But <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I hope we can get to that point, but... Um, oh yeah, and, that, and that's the job. best part. You know, you build it. I gotta say, Neo, building the systems are the are the best part. I mean, uh, Lauren and I, uh, you know, when we started living together, uh, we we came from two di- different. Uh, two, uh, you know, like Lauren's not. I don't think a- either of us are sloppy people, but um, I I live a little bit more. I I don't know. I, I think I I'm a little bit more organized uh, naturally. Than Lauren, oh, are Lauren you? was. I, I Isn't really, that nice? no, I really do. But, 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 <laughs> I'm not saying that. Like I said, we're both pretty clean, organized people. But you start, you start building systems together. Now, all of a sudden, Lauren has become like she has all, almost gotten scientific about the way that she arranges things and nice. finds category, and and it is 
I, I don't know if, if one per, what we have rubbed off, how we've rubbed off on each other, but that just happens. And you kind of like, you know, steel sharpens steel. And you, you give it a couple of years, and you guys are going to be running that place like a, uh, like a uh, yeah, very finely tuned machine. Dude, that gives me so much hope. Because I'm here with two guys. You know, his son's here. He's 18. Mm-hmm. So I'm highly outnumbered. <laughs> and I don't want to be that chick that comes in that's like, okay, this is what we're doing. And, like, we, and I don't want to be that person. Because, you know, we're both we're both a little bit older. Like, we've are, you know lived on our own for a while. It's not like we're like, okay, how does life work? Like, we know how life works. Now we just got to figure out how to, like, do it together. And I'm excited, though. Like, it's so far it's awesome because he streams, too. Um, actually, I stream in the morning on Foxhole. Um, and he does an evening show better lately. I don't know if he's on tonight after you at 9 p.m. Central. Who? Um, who, who? Better Lately. The Better oh. Lately program. Okay. Yeah. So, and then I'm, uh, I do a show Morning Rocks in the morning, which is actually what I was, I was getting at was that today was the first day because, you know, we just got back from our honeymoon and I work in radio actually and I do it, you know, remotely and it's so hard to work from home. But this morning, since I got back into doing my stream, it's been like 20 days since I've streamed and that's probably the longest break I've ever taken. But, um, it's best, actually the best part about it is that it's a, we do a, like a Bible study. Uh-huh. And so we put God first. The whole idea is we put God first in our day, focus on the most important things and everything else just kind of fits into place. And today of all days, you know, got done with the stream and I just felt like, boom, I could just launch into all the stuff I had to do for work, work. I mean, I haven't even worked on tomorrow's stream yet, but I got everything done that I needed to do today for work, work. And it's been a minute since I felt that flow where it just locks in. Like you're saying, no matter what you're doing, it's good and perfect. And even on the stream this morning was fun, you know, talking with everybody. So it's going to be, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, It it takes a, especially after a, especially after the new year. And Neo, thank you so so much much for sharing. Thanks dude. Wonderful. Love you, frankly. Be well. Be well to the to the newlyweds over there. It takes a little while after the uh, first of the the uh, the year, because really all businesses all business is is a joke for the last couple of weeks. You know, um, especially even in the corporate world. Obviously, there are things that have to be maintained, and you're. You're always looking ahead. You're planning for different seasons and this and that. But the end of the year, when all the money has been spent on advertising and and marketing and this and stuff, this and that, the other, uh, everybody's kind of just like it's like senior spring. And and leading up to that last week before Christmas, it was me taking multiple phone calls a day at home, writing you know meetings and writing and organizing guests and of course the telethon and there's so much that was going on and for the most part a lot of it is me and uh you know it's been becoming more and more that uh, as of late but um you know it's it's hard to get restarted no whatever the hell you're doing right now it's a little hard to get restarted that first that first month of the year and then it's it then it's then you're right back into it and the real the real point is how do you string together a couple of a couple of those days more and more to have one off draggy day compared to four or five really awesome ones in a row if you can do that that's a good ratio you know don't let it just be perfection that you're you're settling for because then you'll never be happy you know what i've been doing to have fun lately 
whenever I'm on Instagram and I get caught into a very short, you know, uh, I don't know, a short session of reels, just doom scrolling through the reels, and you're laughing, you're laughing, you're laughing. I, I started seeing a whole bunch of random comments on these the fail videos, people falling off of a bike, and I, I don't know what the hell it is. Th- things that are fun, not people dying or anything like that. Although there was one helicopter crash video that uh, I think a lot of people were hurt, and um, I saw something. I saw an opportunity to say something, and it. Uh, I went for it. What have I been saying? I've been leaving Joe Biden comments because of how stupid it is. I see somebody out there uh, would just leave a random comment for uh, you know if somebody's doing something stupid, they'll say, "Oh wow, uh, this is like Biden." Or like Biden. Something so stupid like that. For example, I had this one video that popped up of, I think, John Lennon uh, is up on stage with Chuck Berry. And, of course, because Yoko just, uh, I, I don't know what, I don't understand that relationship at all. Nobody ever did. But there's Yoko Ono on stage, and she's screaming. And Chuck Berry, of course, wants to throw his fucking guts up. But as Yoko Ono is screening, uh, screaming, I have here the screenshot. There is, quite frankly, podcast at the top. I said two days ago, Yoko is like musical Joe Biden. And I've been leaving these little stupid, stupid comments. Here, here's another one. Like I said, here's a helicopter crash. A couple people were injured. But I said to hell with it. Uh, I've just been doing this lately. Helicopter crash. Here's here's my comment that I just uh, I left almost immediately after the Yoko comment. Who was the pilot? Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's very satisfying to me. It's very juvenile. I don't know why. Uh, it's very juvenile. I'm going to keep taking these <laughs> these screenshots. There was another one. There was another one that got a lot of people upset because they're like, oh, wow, he, he really lives in your head. Like, no, no, he doesn't. You don't understand how much I, I don't care. Um, let, me, let me see if I can find another one because I've been doing this so much that the notifications are flowing in now. Let's see here. Uh, Yoko was like the, oh, wow. Yoko is like the musical Joe Biden has over 300 likes now. Wait a second. Let's see if anybody has commented. Let's see if I have any detractors. 24 replies. This is going to be bad. Uh, oh, some people are laughing. Oh, here you go. Another Trumper bringing up the president in a non-political post. Your obsession with President Biden is showing. And that's got 39 likes. Yeah, tell him. Tell him. <laughs> oh, here's another one. Uh, inspired artist 619 just simply said, 91 indictments. Of course he's got 91 indictments. Got fucking losers like you at the DOJ, you idiot. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, here's somebody coming to my aid. Let's see. uh, I'll put put it up on screen. Someone came to my my aid over here. It said, kind of hard not to obsess when a sitting president can't put out a coherent speech. Oh, here, uh, here, the T.O. Danny Oldies says, oh, you mean like dancing Trump? What about dancing Trump? Trump danced very nicely. Don't talk about Trump that way. How dare you? Uh, 
let's see here. Well, he, she's not crapping her pants, so definitely not like Trump. Let's see. Oh, there's so much. It, it's just great. I'm just. This is so funny. I didn't know that 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 comment had uh, had had blown up a little bit. Let's see. What's another one? Let's see here. Is there any anything else? Who was the pilot? Joe Biden? No, that was it. Come on, give me one more. Give me one more. Nah, I'll find them for you. I'll keep taking the screenshots. It's the end of the show anyway. I just wanted to do a little bit of that. It's been making me feel good about myself. All right, over on pill, let's finish up with these gold pills. Filter Dogs says, holy cow, it's BCP. Yes, indeed it is. Happy New Year. Uh, She even stole her resignation from Lincoln Park. Oh, I saw that. I saw the the, the resignation from Lincoln Park thing. I love how the uh, the plagiarism memes, but it doesn't matter. She will she she's going to pick up a new job very very quickly, very quickly. It may not be a very public post, but she's going to be given a a new job, a way of life. She's part of the you know she's she's. This is the kind of person that the mafia, the real mafia, values. So she's going to be given a living. Don't worry about it. Rise Attire said, don't forget, you can also support, quite frankly, with merchandise. Yes, you can. All of the links to the, quite frankly, merchandise can be found on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv. We, uh, Tony Black is so very happy about how people have been buying the No Names shirt and that all of those proceeds forever are going to be going to St. Jude. He told me on the, on the beach on New Year's Day how happy he was about that and that St. Jude was his his patron saint and um, but yeah so go ahead and check that out Jay Sem you and James were on fire tonight great show thank you uh, one two three uh, SKG said wish BCP would come to Pilled I'm sure he would just to add it into the uh, the, the restream I'm sure he would Paulie9363, thank you. Sean Joe, again, Homegoy, hey, how you doing? 1234, I declare a cookie war, says Matt1776. That's the head honcho over there I pilled. So good to have him here. And Dark Heart Hemi, EMP, dude is right. Gave me an EMP, oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Swickly gifted a ship. Do you see the ball? Did you see the ball drop in Times Square? Oh, yeah, I saw the ball drop. I saw the ball drop, Swick. We talked a little bit about that earlier on with uh, BCP. I think it tied in nicely with all the other things that are going on. But tomorrow, tomorrow, it is Wednesday, and we've got Corey from Corey's Digs on the show. We're going to be going a little bit outside the box. It's been a long, long time since Corey has been on, and I cannot wait to welcome her in. It's going to be a great, great week. I think on uh, Thursday night, Jason Burmis comes in too. So just uh, circling back around to a lot of our good friends, and uh, and there's so much more being added to the schedule. Keep up with it all on QuiteFrankly.tv. Um, I don't have any anything planned for the, uh, the After Hours programming tonight, but I should have a little bit to queue up tomorrow night uh, as it pertains to what we talk about with Corey. And uh, so, yeah, for, so for the rest of the evening, enjoy yourself and go and, uh, and uh, 
and spread the good word about quite frankly TV and, and bring them all over for tomorrow night's seven o'clock show. I appreciate you so much. Good night and email me nine one four not email me at quite frankly podcast at gmail.com if there's anything you want to add or contribute to the show. It'd be great to hear from you. All the best. Good night and take care. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with uh, Jay Brits and Stostube and Car Guys New England just jumped into it. Said Happy New Year from Shala, Jay, Cyrus, and Miles. Thank you so much. Jay, it's great to have you. Great to have you all for another year. I'm going to keep you for as long as I can. Maybe another few decades. How does that sound? All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Be well and see you tomorrow. Bye. Uh-huh.